Hey guys, uh, Josh Klein here. It is what it is coming right after the theme music, but I wanted to jump in and tell you that after the podcast ends, we've decided to put up the audio from the press conference that Ron Rivera held yesterday where he talked about the decision to let go of Mike Shula and Ken Dorsey just so you can listen to it yourself and enjoy it. And if you have not, rated us yes on itunes go on there now we'll take a little break right here ready break go do it right now give us five stars don't give us two stars just give us five and uh make sure you follow us yep follow us on twitter at our riot report i'm at josh klein rules zach is at roaring riot z coming right now it is what it is baby let's go Hello, hello, hello. That's three hellos for three cheers. Is it for a like great hip, hip, start to the off season. Yeah, it is. It's like hip hip hooray. Can I ask you a question? When you sang happy birthday at a camp situation or like a like a just like a children's party, was there a skip around the room after your happy birthday was over? Or was that just no me? No idea what you're talking no, about. No, you didn't get like a skip around the room, skip around the room. No, we got how old are you? How old? Yeah, yeah, no, that, that, that's do okay that too. too. And then you add skip around the room. I don't know if we did how old. I think it was a one, an either or type situation. Uh, how, how would you decide which one you're going to do? Did you look around and you had one person leading happy birthday? I think if and they, they were, would decide the direction of the second verse. I think if it was like happy birthday to you, skip, skip around, around the room, room skip, skip around the room, room. No, won't that's terrible. shut up till you skip around the room. Yeah, we won't be doing that at my children's birthday parties. Well, uh, I'll be doing it and. <laughs> They will. Uh, I'll be doing it forever because I have a feeling they will not skip around the room, and then I will not shut up until they skip around the room. Welcome to it is what it is. All Panther talk, all the time. From this point on, uh, it is what it is. Powered by the Riot Report. My name is Josh Klein. I am managing editor of said Riot Report, and sitting to my right uh, at about a ninety degree angle, he does this joke every time for nobody except for me, and I like it looks to his right as if there's another person in the podcast studio, but there is not just the two of us building castles in the sky. Ringleader of the Roaring Riot, Zach Luttrell. Hello, hello, hello. That's yes. three hellos. Three hellos to start the off-season. For the off- first off-season podcast. It's exciting. Uh, it's exciting because the off-season, we're, what, 48 hours into it, approximately, and yeah. it's already... Kicking off with a bang. It is not exciting, however, that the Panther season is over. No, no, it's not. Um, so, obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably aware that the Panthers have been eliminated from the playoffs. They lost to the New Orleans Saints 31-26 in New Orleans. Um, just a, just to touch on the game for a second, just a fantastic performance from quarterback Cam Newton. Don't listen to what Colin Coward says. Uh <laughs> Just unbelievable. I mean, the guy just showed exactly what he could do from a offensive perspective, from a passing perspective. I thought he was excellent. I thought he was uh, on target, accurate. He ran the ball at the right time. He was a leader. He kept that team in the game when their defense was letting them down. When their, uh, you know, they couldn't quite put it together those long drives that end in field goals were ultimately what did them in they were chasing points from the very beginning 
Yeah, I don't have a lot to add to that. I'm still licking my wounds from being in the uh, in the crowd. And I'll tell you what, that place, you know, it was loud during the regular season. And I was saying before going in there that I was a little worried, um, you know, about how it was going to be. And it was crazy. I mean, I've heard, I've seen reports from the New Orleans media about how that's probably the loudest it's ever been. It was crazy. I mean, I, I've, I've actually had some other people um, that were in the stands trying to compare it to Seattle. But I was in Seattle uh, what was it, three years ago? Uh, was it three years ago when uh, the Panthers lost the playoff game there? And, uh, you know, of course, Seattle's incredibly loud, but the Dome was just – it was impressive, man. It really was. It really was. They were uh, – yeah, it was loud AF in there. There is no uh, no other way to describe it. And, um, yeah, I mean, the New Orleans Saints are good. I, I said it last week on the pod – I've been saying it for a few weeks now that I, I do think that the NFC representative for the Super Bowl is going to come out of who won that game in New Orleans. Which and, is going to make me extremely angry if that's the case now. Yeah, well, I mean, you look at what the Panthers had to deal with this regular season. They they went 11-5. and five. One of the things that uh, we're just going to touch on it for just a minute before we move on to some exciting offseason talk. Um, the Panthers went 11-5 and five this year, and a lot of the things that I read online – on the message boards, on the tweeters, on the um, Facebook groups, on the dark web of the Panthers, <laughs> that uh, the Panthers underachieved and and they had a, a crappy season. And to be honest with you, I don't think that's the case. I think that the Panthers faced a lot of adversity, and for them to come out eleven and five from a season where their quarterback did not throw a pass in training camp. Where their Played quarterback, just a, a, what a couple quarters in the preseason? Yep, was basically was basically injured the first month of the season. Do you remember we were sitting right here in this podcast studio and we were talking after like week two of like when are we worried about Cam? Right, and I was saying you know you have to give him four full games, so they had to give f- the first four games of the season, which they lost one to the Saints by the way, which cost them the division. Cam Newton was injured. Also injured in that game, Greg Olson. Also injured in that game, Ryan Khalil. Also injured throughout the season, Curtis Samuel, Demir Bird, Kurt Coleman missed five games. I, I don't remember right off the top of my I think it was five games. But, you know, when you're relying on when you have an older defense, as they did, they certainly declined as the year went on. But I think that the Panthers and Panther fans should hold their head high about finishing 11 and 5. The season ends in disappointment for 31 out of 32 teams. And uh, you know, and I agree with what you're saying because it, it, they did deal with a lot of adversity. I mean, I feel like the Panthers had a bunch of injuries, but you know, you could probably make that case for a lot of other teams as well. Um, but I, I feel like Panther fans feel discouraged about the season just by the way it ended. Just the ugly Tampa game. Yep. Losing the way that they did in Atlanta when they could have wrapped up the division and had a home game. Instead, they had to go to New Orleans, which we agree it was probably the argu- arguably the hardest game to play in the wild card round in, in that dome. And then to uh, you know come up short the way they did where you, know, you uh, start off with the, the drop from Clay and then the missed field goal followed immediately. I think it was 18 seconds later to the 80-yard the bomb again, of course. <laughs> And then, uh, you know, to still be in it at the end and to be uh, you know, taken out of the game essentially by the, the grounding play, which um, I, you know, I heard some stats and I'm certainly paraphrasing, but they went from like a close to a 30 percent chance to win. And then when it happened, it dropped down to a 3 percent chance to win after that grounding. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's a disappointing end to the season, and um, but I I just don't want Panther fans to feel like they go into the off season with with dread, and there are a lot worse a lot worse situations to be in. Now, here's the fun part, certainly for us, <laughs> is that um, there are a ton of question marks surrounding the Carolina Panthers right now. The good news is that a lot of those question marks are not on the field, which is not something that you can say for a lot of teams. They have a franchise quarterback. They have a defensive leader. Now, do they have some holes that they're going to need to address through free agency in the draft? Absolutely, 100%. They and definitely they have some, do. some players in their current roster they're going to have to evaluate as well who might still be under contract. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But there are much larger questions at stake, which are what we are going to tackle, starting with very exciting. The best news for 90% of Panther Nation, it was like, it felt like one of those gifts. Did you where say everybody... Panther Nation? Yeah, I love it. It's the off season. Can we get better at that? No, we can't. <laughs> I, I do it literally specifically to make you angry. No, so. you just you didn't even catch yourself that time. It just rolled naturally off your tongue. Panther Nation. Yeah, yeah I love it. It makes me so that. happy. Let's fix it. It makes me so happy, your immediate sour reaction and then just anger. So I don't know if you guys heard, but um, the Panthers made some uh, changes to their, co- to their coaching staff yesterday. They relieved... Offensive coordinator Mike Shula and quarterbacks coach Ken Dorsey of their duties. And everybody rejoiced for a solid two to three hours. Yay! <laughs> uh, uh, Shula was the problem with the entire offense. That was the reason why the Panthers lost was because of Shula. And then the rumors started rolling in of who Rivera was considering for his replacement. Now, before we get to... Um, the, the big dog, which we are definitely going to talk about. Um, one of the things that we published on the riotreport.com, that's the riotreport.com for all of your Panther news and needs. I love your Vanna White voice, by I, the way. Wait, yeah. she doesn't even talk. That's a terrible nope, analogy. But uh, I do sound a lot like, and she has a surprisingly <laughs> deep voice. Uh, was a list of coaches that Ron Rivera has worked with. You can pretty much expect any sort of hire that that Ron Rivera is going to make, especially for a large position like offense coordinator or theoretically defensive coordinator coming up. It's going to be somebody that he has worked with in the past. Of course, that's what he does. He plucked Rod Chudzinski. He plucked uh, Sean McDermott, guys that he had worked with in Philadelphia and in San Diego. I think was Wilkes um, one of those guys. Wilkes was one of those guys. As a matter of fact, Wilkes was the defensive backs coach in, I believe, Philadelphia, and then also in. He brought him with him to uh, San Diego where he was the defensive coordinator under a certain head coach by the name of Norvin Turner. Is Norvin his real name? I don't know. What's Norv (laughs) short for? Norvana? I think it's Norvell. Norvell. I do like that. Norvell Andrew (laughs) Turner. Norv Turner has emerged as the top candidate for the offensive coordinator position. And if you ask me, uh, I think it's a done deal. Um, I, I know we talk about it is what it is, and it's not what it's not. When you look at the things that Ron Rivera was saying at that press conference, and that's really all right. we, instead of making conjecture about how cool it would be if the Panthers hired a high school football coach that ran four, four verticals all the time, it's not going to happen. Ron Rivera is a specific kind of coach. He wants a specific kind of offensive coordinator that will run a specific kind of offense that he wants. He wants a power run game. 
He does not want a lot of trickeration and excitement. Excitement is probably not the right word, but yeah. it kind of kind of fits. <laughs> uh, and North Turner fits into the kind of offense that Ron Rivera wants to run. And so one of the things that we like to do on this podcast is not get upset about the decisions or the things that happen. We just talk about and deal with things after they happen or as they happen. And so with that being said, we are not going to discuss whether or not we think that Norv Turner is a good hire. And that being said, I don't think it's a bad hire. (laughs) So I'm going to immediately go against what I just said. But I I think that Norv Turner fits into what Ron Rivera wants in an offensive coordinator, and that's what he is going to get. He is making the decision. Well, and I made the joke a minute ago about how Panthers were rejoicing for a few hours, and and the change was when they got the news that Nor was probably going to be the hire, and and of course, you know, I think the the problem there, talking about it is what it is, exactly what you said. Ron Rivera has his philosophy, he has his systems, he has his strategy, and he's not going to all of a sudden be a different offensive-minded head coach just because they fired Mike Shula. He's still going to play within what he believes is his correct. Um, you know, philosophy for attacking a football game. So, of course, he's going to look for someone who can run, you know, similar type offense that has the power run. Um, and and like you said, because of the history, he's going to go with somebody that he knows. And and, and wasn't there a rumor? Uh, what was it? Maybe two seasons ago about possibly bringing in Norv in some type of um, consultant role. Do you remember that at all, Mr. Josh? Yes, uh, they ended up bringing in Ron Turner, right? As a as the offensive, I don't know what the what secret name they gave it, like quality control sure. analyst or something like that. Right. Uh, it is hilarious though when you go back through looking through coaches um, that they do like offensive quality control coach is a lot of uh, yeah is is the name of a co- uh, of a sense. position that exists. And it's like, who is that guy? What does he do? Is he like, yeah, good play. Good play, coach. I like that one. But Panther fans need to know that, you know, if you were expecting somebody to come in to completely change the offense, to have Cam slinging the ball all over the field, uh, you know, throwing for 400 yards per game, that was never going to happen. That's, that is not what it is. No, um, so that is what it's not. If you were setting yourself up for that kind of move, then, you know, I can understand your disappointment. But, you know, going back to the point, we, we're, we're bringing in someone. Well, if you, if you look at Mike Shula, he ran a variation of the offense that Norv Turner does. Yep. So to bring in the actual you know, creator, if you will, of that type of offense that Ron, that Coach Rivera wants to run, I mean, it's certainly an upgrade, right? Yeah, I think so. I think that for some reason people are, are pretty hung up on the idea that because Norv is a conservative play caller that likes to run the ball um, – that he can't be a good offensive coordinator, but the reality is, is that this guy has success in his past. Now he did not; he was not particularly successful in his last position with the Minnesota Vikings. But when you really look at what he did with the Minnesota Vikings, was he had a rookie quarterback? Uh, he got twelve to fifteen hundred yards out of Adrian Peterson. Now Adrian Peterson is. Adrian Peterson, so that's not saying a whole lot. I feel like you or me could get 1,500 yards out of Adrian Peterson (laughs) calling Madden plays. Uh, But he didn't have any wide... You look at the Minnesota Vikings roster when he left, (coughs) and it's 
very similar to what the Panthers have right now. Uh, they had a quarterback who had a little bit of mo- mobility to him, Teddy Bridgewater, um, maybe a little bit raw. I think Cam obviously is a better version of Teddy Bridgewater. Of you had some, uh, you had a big wide receiver in Stephon Diggs. You had a tight end, Kyle Rudolph, and you had a running back in Adrian Peterson. The best example for me, the best case for the Carolina Panthers under North Turner is the 2011 San Diego Chargers. The 2011 San Diego Chargers had Phillip Rivers, Antonio Gates, Ryan Matthews, and uh, Vincent Jackson was their number one wide receiver. They also had Malcolm Floyd as their second wide receiver. That's a pretty Um, good squad. That's a great squad. They finished as the number one offense in the NFL, number two in points scored, number one in yardage. They also finished eight and eight because their defense was terrible. Um, And I watched some tape of that 2011 Chargers season, and what struck me the most was how much it looked like the Carolina Panthers except wearing beautiful powder blue uniforms. <laughs> uh, the North Turner offense looks a lot like the Mike Shula offense, and I know that Pan- that's not what Panther fans want to hear, but that is what it is, is that he runs a similar offense to him. The one thing that I did like is that uh, he took a lot of deep shots, and that may be just <sighs> Philip Rivers likes to take deep shots because right. he's he's a cowboy gambler. I think Cam does too, though. How many kids does Philip Rivers have? I think he's up to seven, six or seven. Man, that's a lot of kids. I good think for he, him. He had some coming out of college too with his wife. All with his wife. Yeah, I mean, good for him. PR sure. seventeen. I hate North Carolina State, but PR seventeen is really growing on me. The whole derp. Uh, meme thing and i just he i like him he yells at people on the sideline yeah i I would i would take him over philip rivers if we're comparing nc state oh wait is philip rivers nc state yeah he's a whole pack of badgers who are you talking about he's a whole pack of badgers so what i'm talking about uh russell russell wilson russell hustle and bustle i would also forgot his name yeah uh intentionally I think Russell's younger than Philip Rivers, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I would also take Russell Wilson over Philip Rivers, but No, I went the other way. I mean, I would take Philip Rivers oh. over Russell Wilson over Russell Wilson. Oh, this sounds like a great debate for a Panthers podcast. <laughs> um I think that North Turner can be successful as the offensive coordinator. My issue, my biggest issue and my biggest question and my biggest fear going into this season is this is going to be Cam Newton's third offensive coordinator he's worked with in 8 years it's probably going to be a completely different set of play calls, a different language, different personnel is probably not the right word for it, Different, maybe different formations. But when you ask somebody to learn a completely new offense and a new system, it's going to take him a minute to get there. And Cam is a smart quarterback. He knows how to he he's going to be able to absorb this. He's certainly a hard enough worker. I would imagine if they hire Norv Turner today, Cam Newton will be at the stadium tomorrow trying to look at the playbook. So, I mean, are you talking just from a terminology standpoint? Because you just told me the offenses looked very similar. Yeah, I'm talking from a terminology standpoint. And, you know, there's been some chatter I've read on Twitter that the Norv Turner offense is hard for young wide receivers to understand, hmm. um, which, okay. I, I would imagine that all... NFL offenses are hard for young wide receivers to understand, but um, I, I just, it's just hard. I do think that that's one of the reasons why they brought in North Turner is because they want a little bit of continuity. And we're talking like it's a done deal. So 
if they decide to go with somebody else, expect this podcast to be off the air immediately. <laughs> so just so if you are a it is what it is fan, and we know you've there are literally ones of you out there. Uh, if you see that the Panthers hired somebody else like uh like a like Jed Fish as their offense coordinator. Jed Fish, shout out. Um <laughs> Then uh, save this to your phone because it will never be on the internet again. Um, so you know this was interesting that this this move happened so quickly. You know after uh, wasn't it right after the game where Marty or excuse me where uh, you know Coach Rivera was asked a question about personnel change and yep. he alluded to that there would be none. Um, and then 24 hours later we uh, have Mike Shula being relieved. I mean is this? I know. I know. Typically, coaches make the decisions about their their other coaches and their coordinators. I mean, did Marty did did Marty Herney have any influence over this, or do you believe that it was you know strictly Ron Rivera uh, making this decision? Has he said he he it came to him at three in the morning? Yeah, he's, <laughs> a, he's a night owl, just like you. He has trouble sleeping. I don't know if um, I, I think it was a collaborative effort. I think that for people that are saying that, I, I saw some people asking me on Twitter. If the if this had come from above, and Ron Rivera didn't want to do it, and that's just I just don't think that's the case. I think that Ron Rivera and Marty Herney talked about where they want this franchise to go, and they felt like they could get better. I also think, and this is totally speculation, I think that Ron Rivera realized that Norv Turner would come to Carolina, and then decided that he wanted him instead of Mike Shula. Yeah, that that seems like the most that seems like the thing that makes the most sense when you go from no, we're not going to make any changes to our staff to firing Mike Shula and the quarterbacks coach when North Turner's son also happens to be a quarterbacks coach. Well, I felt like there was definitely some pressure on Rivera last season to maybe make some changes, and I know he went to bat and stuck his neck out for Shula and Dorsey both because there were definitely. Uh, you know, I know there are a lot of rumors around Dorsey being let go last year at the very least, and both of them were retained. So. It almost felt like, um, you know, after the season was over, even though he answers that question no, he kind of ponders on it a little bit and says, you know, is it really worth tying my wagon to those guys for another season? And then couple that with the fact that he probably did have a conversation, you know, with his friend Norv Turner and realized that okay, this, and mentor apparently, yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, this this could be a realistic opportunity. It might be time to make that move. You know why Norv Turner retired? Retired? I put retired in quotes. Uh, he left that Vikings team when they were five and two. I don't know if you remember this. He started the season five and zero. Oh. That was the year that they that Teddy Bridgewater got hurt yeah. in that tore all of his ACLs. Yep. And they made the trade for Sam Bradford, whatever, a week before the season started, and then started the season five and zero. Oh. Okay. And then lost two straight, and then North Turner unexpectedly quit in the middle of the season. Um. And he said that he wanted to. He wanted to play football, but he felt or play football. He still wanted to coach. He liked coaching. He enjoyed teaching the players how to play football and whatever. But he felt like he he had a disagreement with the way that he thought was the best opportunity for the Vikings to win. That's what he said. He said that he thought that he basically said that he was disagreeing with Zimmer? Yes, that he thought that there was a way for the for the Vikings to win and Zimmer obviously thought something else. Okay. Now, what they disagreed about, who knows? Probably that they that 
Turner wanted to run the ball more, I would imagine, yeah. and Zimmer wanted to pass it or whatever. Some sort of offensive philosophy. Didn't they finish eight and eight that year? They did. They started five and zero oh and finished eight and eight. Oof. Um, so that means uh, what three and six without Norv Turner. So hey. once Turner's gone, um, I think that Norv Turner had has something left in the tank, and I think that he can be successful in Carolina. But I don't think that if you, I think the main thing to take away from this is that if you expected something new and exciting from Ron Rivera, you're just not, you're, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. The guy is who he is. He has been this coach for the last six years. I don't know why we think he's going to change all of a sudden because he wears funny t-shirts. So should Panther fans be, you know, I, I know you segued into this saying that, you know, we don't have to worry about a quarterback. You know, there's, there's a lot of consistency within the team, but you know, part of the change with the, the new owner, uh, with the new offensive coordinator, we have an interim, and I'm throwing out air quotes you guys can't see, an interim general manager who's going to be heavily involved making these decisions. You know, what, what, is, what is the changes that are happening? How does that impact Marty's position with the team? I mean, do you feel like it, it, he's going to be here more long-term now, or is he really just going to run this contract through June? I, I think he's not going to run this contract through June. If you want me to say what I think, I think that Marty Herney is going to be your, your GM throughout the entire 2018 season whether that's on a one-year prove-it deal or whatever, however long they sign him for. Um, but I think that Marty Herney is the GM right now. So whether he's the interim GM, the GM for the next 20 years, or the GM just until June, he's the GM right now. So he is doing what he needs to do to make this team the best team possible. Right. Just like you and me are doing the best job that we can do to make this podcast the best podcast possible. Once the podcast ends, you're probably going to fire me. Yeah. And then I'm still going to be happy that we put out this fantastic podcast today. Um, it's not the best. <laughs> Great no, comparison. No, it's not. It's uh, You know what? I lost it halfway through. Um, <laughs> I was going with it. But, ha but I will give you a huge contract, Marty Herney style. <laughs> um, no, I think that Herney is doing what he needs to do right now to make the team the best team that he can be. And I think that when Ron Rivera goes to him and says, do you think that Mike Shula deserves to be back as offensive coordinator? He's going to tell him what he thinks. Agreed. And obviously they thought that he did not deserve to be back. And I think the same thing goes for what kind of offensive coordinator do we need to bring in? Marty Herney is not going to say, well, if you bring me back as the GM, then I think this, but if you don't, then I think this, <laughs> he's going to think the same thing. Right. And he is going to do his job the best that he can. So going into the owner stuff and the sale of the team, I mean, can you just kind of touch a little bit on you know, maybe what the timeline of that will look like, maybe what the process, you I know, mean, I know you don't know specifics um, at this point, but you're certainly more in touch than, than I am and, and, you know, Panther fans that aren't behind the closed doors. So just kind of give us a little bit of what you know of, of what it might look like here in the next couple months. Sure. So um, basically what's going to happen is that the, that Jerry Richardson, obviously the team is for sale um, and they are going to be ownership uh, group, I guess, bidding groups. Diddy is, groups? No, we'll get there, buddy. <laughs> well, they're going to be bidding groups. So groups of people. There's not going to be one dude, unless it's Jeff Bezos, but I don't think so. Yeah. Um, there's going to be they're going to be groups, ownership groups, ownership that groups that are going to come and make bids. Right. And they're going to go to Jerry Richardson, who still owns the team, even you know after all this. He is still the sole, the not the sole owner, but the majority, majority owner, and he will make the decision on who to sell to. So he will probably take meetings. 
he will take bids. And he's hired and a firm, right, to help with that process. Right. But that that to me is less about an outside firm and more about when you're making a two point eight billion dollar sale, you want some Cross lawyers the involved. And dot the I's. Yeah, or lowercase J's. Yeah. You want um you want a lawyer involved, many lawyers probably, um, in involved in something like that, just to make sure that you don't have somebody, let's call him, I don't know, so B, B Diddy, who comes and says, I want to buy the team, but you only have $800 million. Right, only. Uh, yeah, so it's still going to be Mr. Richardson, Jay Richardson's um, choice here. Yeah, uh, yes, it is his choice, because the reality is he's not being asked, he's not being forced to sell the team. Yes, he's under investigation, Uh but he's not being forced by the NFL to sell the team. This was his choice. And, I mean... Yes. Yeah. Technically, yes. Technically, this was his choice. Literally, yes, but... Yeah. Sure. Um, so he gets to decide who he wants to sell to. Now, the, the next caveat is whoever he decides that he wants to sell to, let's say that he decides that he wants to sell the, the team to the Roaring Riot for $150. Dollars. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, so he says, I'm going to sell to the Roaring Riot uh, ownership group, and they have offered me this price. That will then go to the NFL owners who need to approve the new owner with a 75% vote. Okay, now, so just, just so you know, the NFL owners will not approve the Roaring Riot as the owner of a team. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, well, whatever. Um, <laughs> so... How, how what's a timeline when you would expect for these these ownership groups to you know I, I mean there's been rumors about France and obviously uh, you know Felix Sabatis and you know Diddy and Kurt when when will the actual groups that have formally submitted a bid um, you know in this process when will those actually take place? That's a great question, and I only have a general idea. Uh, actually, I have a great answer for it. The answer is. Could be any time. Yeah. Could be Jerry could come out of a meeting today. Excuse me, Mr. Richardson could come out of a meeting today. Or just Mr. Just Mr. <laughs> uh, could come out of a meeting today and say, um, I'm selling the team to Mace. And if that's the case, then th he's selling the team to Mace today. Wait, M.A. Dollar Sunny? N no, he's he's a reverend now, I think. Oh, he's retired he? from rap. <laughs> um so he went back to the S. Oh, okay. oh, but then welcome back. He welcomed himself back. So probably is going to be um, the new majority owner of the Panthers. So is, so there, it could, is, is it, there a deadline for the ownership uh, groups to vote on the new owner for the Carolina Panthers? No, but I can tell you this, that there is a league meeting on March 25th that I bet you the Panthers are sold before that meeting. Wow. So what's when the owners vote, What's the process from there? Do you know? I mean, how long does it take? No the... idea. To be, I I don't want to. Sure. I don't want. I don't want to say. Well, it's going to be about a. I I would imagine that the owners will vote, and then it it happens. Yeah. Like it's, you know, that's that would that would be what I would imagine would happen. But who knows? Um, I think that it will happen not quickly, but I don't think they're going to drag this out over the entire off season. I do think that. By March 25th, I think you're going to see a new owner of the Carolina Panthers. Wow. Now, let me ask you this, Zach. Do you like Bank of America Stadium? Um, Yeah, I like Bank of America Stadium. Would you be happy if 
the Panthers put a new, you know, I'm, I'm trying to segue it in, but I couldn't do a great job of it. I think that, do you think that the Panthers will be playing in Bank of America Stadium in 2025? Ooh, I think, um, and again, kind of is what it is, but here, here's the reality of, of what we're seeing with the owners, either new owners or existing owners. You know, they, they are making these investments in these teams, which are billions of dollars, multiple billions of dollars investments, not just because they want to be the proud owner of the Carolina Panthers, but because they're part of business groups that want to make, they want to maximize their profit. Sure. The NFL is a profitable business. They get, these guys aren't coming in. Like, you know, the Roaring Riot would come in and own the Panthers because we love the Panthers and it's cool and it's fun, right? Well, that's not what these guys are doing. So to go along with this major investment and to, and, and to maximize their profitability on the team, they want modern stadiums. They want the cool, shiny, billion-dollar, uh, you know, uh, Mercedes-Benz-type stadiums. So if you're asking me, do I feel like a new ownership group is going to – want to have a new modern stadium, whether it's, uh, you know, enhancing Bank of America Stadium or building their new shiny toys somewhere else within the Carolina region, I think that's absolutely going to come to the forefront. Yeah, I think that the question for me is not whether or not. So I, I think it's kind of a chicken or egg thing. I think that whoever the new owners are, are going to say, I want a new stadium it's not going to be, I will buy the Panthers if we're building a new stadium. It will be, I'm going to buy the Panthers and we are going to build a new stadium. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know if that's necessarily true, but that that's how it feels to me. Are they saying, I'm going to buy the Panthers and we're going to build a new stadium and the city of Charlotte slash North Carolina is going to help me do it? Or they're saying, Probably. I'm going to do it? A little bit of both. Yeah. Did, uh, did Arthur Blank take money from Atlanta? Or did he just build it all himself? I don't know that actually. I, I I don't. I think he built most of it himself, or whatever. With with. I do know that Governor uh, Cooper has said that it is a uh, dog. It is a, it is important to keep the Panthers in North Carolina, and that. By Lyles is pretty for it as well. Sure, and, that, and he even came out, and I'm paraphrasing that you know there are there are state funds available to make that happen. Yeah, I I think that. Ultimately, or, or this assist com- in that, ultimately, this just comes down to the age-old question of, oh, Panthers are moving, right? The Panthers are not going to move. I, I, I don't. I, I so, can't so the say Panthers are not going to move, but this would be the one, uh, you know, point that could Where potentially bring up those rumors or, or make them more than a rumor. So, if this group comes in and wants a new home, which I believe that is absolutely going to happen, if there is resistance, if it doesn't move. Um, down the path of development the way they want it to, then those rumors could be more than just rumors. But it's certainly, there. there isn't going to be an ownership group that's going to come in by the Panthers in March, right? And then uh, in 2020, be looking to pack them up and put them in Mexico City. That's not going to happen. This right. would be the only challenge or obstacle that could potentially have the Panthers leaving Charlotte. Sure. I also think that there's a chance, and it's not a great chance, but I think that there's a chance that a new whoever the new owner comes in and says, um, I want bank of america stadium to be the next lambeau field i don't want a brand new stadium i want that classic feel to it there is a reason why lambeau field why soldier field why these stadiums that have been around for you know 50 years are are iconic parts of the nfl and even though soldier field has been updated lambeau field has a bunch of new suites at it they're still the same place and i think that 
for me, if I was a $2.8 billion owner of the Carolina Panthers, that might be something that I would be interested in is let's see what we can do to get the most money out of the stadium that already exists. Yeah, I mean, that sounds nice, but uh, I feel like those two examples you gave, are there is there a third example? No. <laughs> there yeah. probably is. I'm just too dumb to think of it right now. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't know. The the stadium that the Cowboys play in, that's pretty old, right? That's not new? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's brand new. So, yeah. uh, you know, what goes along with these increased revenues, of, you know, potential increased revenues of building a new stadium is the attraction of a Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, and, that, uh, and, that, and that's not happening more than likely, right, with the Bank of America Stadium the way that it is right now. I mean, you have the challenges of being outdoors. Uh, you have the challenges of the hotel capacity, which I think has increased, you know, since I know has increased since, um, you know, several years ago, whenever they gave us that number that it was under the, the minimum. Right. Um, but once you add a shiny new retractable roof dome and yeah, lights and TVs, wow, crazy. Then, you know, that the, the NFL has shown that they will reward cities and teams for 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 doing that. Yeah. Um, where are they going to put that new stadium if they're going to build a drop a new stadium right in? Belmont. What? What? <laughs> I heard I heard right across the street from Carowinds. That'd be dope, son. Oh, then you could just you could hop just, off and yes. get on White Lightning. Is that still a ride there? I don't know. Thunder Road. Yeah, Is that's that, it. Yeah, Thunder Road. Was that's gone, man. The jam. Sometimes they would run it backwards. Did they ever do that? <sighs> yeah, it was the best. God. So I rode that a couple years ago. Um, more for nostalgia yeah. and. It was awful. It was so bumpy. Really? Like, my back was, it was just jamming my spine into my butt. It did not feel good at all. No, that sounds terrible. Yeah. What about the hurler? Is that still there? Are we just going to throw out more Carowinds names? Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, I My season pass expired in 93. <laughs> Every time that I that we pass Carowinds on the highway, I will point it out to my wife. Oh, and we be should like, do that sometime. Yeah. <laughs> when have you done it? Uh, a few times. Okay. Um, if my wife is in the car, I'll be like, babe, that's the, uh, that's, that's the, <laughs> what? Um, Carowinds. The what? The what? that's Carowinds. That's where I used to go when I was a kid. Yeah. And she, at this point, like, as soon as we will see the, the roller coasters on the horizon, be like, that's the place you went as a kid. You don't need to tell me <laughs> just so you know, I already know <laughs> she hates me so much. And it's lucky that she does not listen to this podcast. So that's a, that's an interesting area. I mean, I, my first reaction is I love being in uptown Charlotte. I love the walkability. I love the even though we're losing tailgate lots every single season, you know, not having the big open uh, you know, parking lots like you would see in New York and, you know, other cities that, that have that surrounding the stadium. I, I like the uniqueness of the lots and the way they're kind of built in around the stadium. But, um, you know, that's that's an interesting, interesting area, man. I, I haven't decided if I feel like that's good or bad for the team. I mean, I think the idea of playing on the line over in Carolina, you know, North and South Carolina, even though I'm one very state, pro two, Charlotte, two state, I think that's pretty state. cool of, of incorporating it like that since we are the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I agree with that. Personally, I love an uptown stadium, but when you look at uptown stadiums, they are few and far between, right? I mean, they're, they're not few and far between, but they're going the way of the dodo that they are being pushed out to Arlington, to Santa Clara, to downtown Atlanta, East Rutherford, New Jersey. <laughs> but yeah, but but 
they basically what they did was they blew up the Georgia Dome and put it right where the Georgia Dome is, right? Uh, no, they put it right next to it. Okay, so same thing. I couldn't see yeah, because of that Marta bus. It but. would be like putting it where the Knight Stadium is now and then blowing up Bank of America Stadium. That would, or, be, that or would in, be the comparison. Or right down Moorhead. Sure, there's there's some space, right? There's lots of space. So, um, there there are th- this is very much. I feel like we really start the podcast for like the first thirty minutes. We're very serious about like it is what it is. We talk about what it's going to be, and then for like the last ten or fifteen minutes, we're just like, I don't know. What about Stadium Dreams? Where are we going to put it? <laughs> definitely, I want to ride the roller coasters. Uh, definitely today. So, it's the off season. It is the off season. It is what it is. No, it's it's an exciting. I guess exciting is not the right word for it. Uh, it's an interesting time to be a Carolina Panthers fan. It is exciting, and it is exciting, right? I mean, the team is still the team is still successful. You're looking at a, at a top ten NFL team that you are a fan of, right? And I say that to you, the listener. You still have a great quarterback. You still have a great middle linebacker. Yeah, you you, you still have, have a lot of core pieces on this team that have have had success. Let's not forget the other thing is that. Sometimes I I feel like when you recency bias, right? Greg Olson is still the second best tight end in the league, if you ask me. Ish, yeah, he's top four for sure. Yeah. No, I, I I for me he's the second best. So who's number one? Rob Gronkowski. So Kelsey's not better than no. He eats that packy chip packy chip better than uh, Greg. Olson. <laughs> well, that's that's a great point, but I don't <laughs> I don't take that into account. Um, he also breaks his foot less, but I think that. Uh, I think that when Greg Olson comes back 100%, when Cam Newton comes back 100%, when I hate nobody's going to like this, when Matt Khalil comes back 100%, mm. these things, when Devin Funches comes back 100%, these things are going to make a difference. And the Panthers can be a successful team and they will have the same Super Bowl aspirations that they had this year next year this is not a well we didn't win this year so we got to rebuild pack it in and rebuild the panthers are fired mike shula because they didn't win the super bowl essentially and they are bringing in a guy who they think can get them there whether you think whether i think whether zach thinks he can get them there is less important than whether what ron rivera thinks because we're not doing the hiring so you ask for change, change is here, embrace the change, yes. and, and let's have fun with it, because it is what it is. And it is what it is. North Turner is not not is not, not going to be hired because you tweet that you don't like it. <laughs> so just imb- it's happening. He's he 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 is coming here theoretically if if that actually happens. So uh, that's that's a lot of caveats, right? <laughs> so we just we just wasted forty two minutes of your time. If tomorrow the Panthers announce Ron Turner as just what we'll do is we'll just dub in me saying Ron. I'm just going to say it clean right now. Hang on. Hang on. Ron. 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 Okay, cool. So I'm just going to dub Ron over all the Norvs. (laughs) It's going to be like Ron. Well, Andrew Turner (laughs) is the new offensive coordinator of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I mean, 42 minutes. We didn't even talk about Steve Wilkes, who does not look like he's going to get the New York Giants job. So. Um, lots of stuff to talk about. We will be back next week to discuss the new offensive coordinator, maybe a new defensive coordinator. We'll sure. talk. We'll talk a little bit of off-season free agent stuff. We didn't talk about that at all. There's a lot of things that we can talk about here on the "It Is What It Is" podcast. 
But we want to thank you guys for listening. We want to thank you guys for being Panther fans. And uh, that's it, baby. Appreciate you guys coming at such short notice. Um, I just want to make sure everybody understands that um, we're, we're, this organization is, is very grateful to the contribution of both Mike Shula and Kenny Dorsey to this organization and to where we are as a football team. Um, but kind of give you an idea of, of, of what I've gone through in the last 24 hours. I know yesterday I stated about not making any changes, uh, but I did say this was an evaluation. After that press conference yesterday, I went upstairs and started looking at some things and going through some notes. I spent an evening doing that and then got up early this morning, 3.15 to be exact. Started going through some notes and writing some more ideas down and thoughts. It came to the conclusion that going forward, I, I believe the thing that we needed to do was bring in a different perspective, um, the different ideas in terms of going forward and to, to what I believe is our ultimate goal, and that's winning a Super Bowl. Well, I have a plan. You know, there's some 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 ideas that that I've sat down and talked with Marty Herney about. We've discussed um, and going to work through this plan that we have uh, and going forward. And again, I said the, the biggest idea, obviously, is, is looking for somebody with a different perspective on on how to get us to to where we believe we can be. Ron. Did you consider making this move at any point, like after last season when the offense no. had the drop? No, no, no. Um, you know, it's 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 one of those things that that you do evaluate, you do go through in your head, um, just as you do for any phase of the football team, whether it be special teams, offense, or defense. And you know, this this really isn't just about you know saying you're going to improve one side of the football or the other. You're going to try and improve the entire football team. There's a lot of things that, that, that need to be improved that we need to work on. A lot of it starts with me, and uh, I believe that you know this is one of the things that I think can help us. Um, I know it can help us as we go forward. Ron, what concerned you about the offense? Like, obviously, you had some concerns to make a move. What, what was it that you wanted to see improvement in? Well, I, I, I think as a football team, you know, we have a lot of areas that we can improve on, um, and, and I do know and I do believe that we as a football team can be more consistent. And I think that we have to improve across the board. I, I think that one of the things that, that, that happened for us last year, um, obviously, was we had a little bit of a slowdown because of the way the quarterback went through training camp. Um, but, you know, taking a step back and thinking about the things that, you know, we can do or we can do better, um, I just feel that, you know, this plan that you know, Marty and I have talked about, I think we can accomplish those things. You anticipate this hire coming quickly, it sounds like. Well, you know, again, um, like I said, I've, I've probably spent the last 16 hours thinking about this, uh, going through the things in my mind, um, and then, you know, going back on some of the notes that I make during the season. And, uh, you know, we have an idea. Like I said, we have a plan, and, and, and Marty and I have talked about these things, and uh, we'll continue to talk about it. Uh, and once we get done as well today, uh, we'll be back upstairs talking about some things. Ron, do you think that for one reason or the other, the offense struggled to find a, a true identity this year? 
Um, I think that's part of it. You know, you, you want to be able to say, okay, this is who we are, this is what we do. Uh, and, and again, I do understand, I do get a lot of how to do with, you know, um, the, the, the um, health of the quarterback. I think that's a big part of it. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that, that getting guys to fit into what we do. And uh, that's another part of it. So, again, these are things that all, you know, looked at, talked about, thought about. And again, going forward, you know, we, we have an idea as to, as to how we want things done. And, and I really thought about that last night. And I said, I got up about 3.15 this morning and I pulled out a pad of paper and started writing some things down. Right. How would that idea and plan jive with what you guys had, had started last year and, and what you call, you know, evolved? Well, I, again, I think it'll be about how we, we attack offensively. Some of the things that I believe we can do. Um, with the personnel we have now, I know our personnel is not perfect. I, I, and again, I, I know we, we went through an awful lot uh, at, at a couple of positions. Obviously, um, you know, running back and wide receiver being two of the primary ones that you know we we have to continue to grow in and grow with those players and add players. So there's a lot of things that still have to be looked at and and, and put together, pieced together as we go forward. Well, I think the uh, the biggest thing, more so than anything else, is that uh, as I was thinking about this, he's part of the consideration as to um, how this will affect him and, and what we're looking for for him as far as our offense is concerned. Did you talk with him about this before you made the decision? No, I talked with him after the decision was made. How uh, much How much more does he, do you think he can improve before he... Oh, I think Cam's got room for improvement. I, I do. I think there's room for growth, and, and he showed some growth this year and made some big steps. You know, we talked about evolving a little bit of what we do um, going into this season, and we saw it. And, and again, there's still things that we can improve on, and uh, we'll continue to grow, you know, as a football team. Again, as I said, this is not really just about one phase of the, of, of the team. This is about all three phases and coaching and making sure we improve ourselves as we go forward. You saw, uh, and, and Cam's completion percentage ticked up some this year, but his worst two seasons in terms of passer rating were these last mm -hmm. two years. Was that something that was kind of a red flag for you? Well, again, there are a lot of things I took into consideration and, and a lot of things I, I try to consider and look at, obviously, um, before making this decision. And, again, I, I do think it is about growth. And, uh, you know, we as a football team have got room to grow. Uh, I told him this morning, and um, I'm not going to get into specifics of the conversation, but, you know, as I, as I open up the press conference, I just want to make sure everybody understands that, you know, Mike and Kenny, their contributions are, are, are most certainly appreciated. You're a guy that usually likes to have consistency. A lot of this is outside of your control. Some of this is mm -hmm. inside of your control. How important does this make this offseason now after – well, I think what this does is it, it you know, it, to me, it, it signals that we are looking for an opportunity for us to continue to grow and get better. Um, and that's what this move was made for was was I, I just believe, you know, something different, um, something additional, uh, different perspective uh, can give us uh, the, 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 the boost that, you know, I'm looking for that I believe can help us to get to the ultimate goal. And that's winning the Super Bowl. Ryan, you said yesterday when you were talking about maybe getting a new coordinator for defensive side that the system was in place and that was the important thing. Is, is it different with the change on the offensive side because the system could be a little different? or Well, it could be. But, again, I, I, I think as we go through this, this plan, and, and, again, Marty and I continue to talk about 
uh, direction we want to head. That uh, that's definitely a consideration. It really is. It's it's, it's something we discussed um, as recently as uh, about an hour ago. Ron, would you suspect uh, you would look uh, outside the organization to fill this? That's a possibility. Very much so. And again, it's you know there's there's um, you know there's there's a lot of qualified people out there, and uh, we have some that are in this building as well. Ron, some of those qualified guys you referenced are people you, you you've worked with people like mm -hmm. that before. How likely is it you might look to someone like Hutchett or your? Well, again, the biggest thing is we're going to stick to this plan. You know, again, Marty and I have talked about it. Um, we'll continue to talk about it, and uh, we'll go from there. Ron, we, we can talk about their contributions. What has Mike done for Cam I mean, from his rookie season? Well, I, I know this. Mike showed a tremendous amount of confidence in who Cam Newton is and who Cam Newton can be. And, uh, you know, from day one, uh, he was on board. And uh, he was always staunch in his, his support of Cam. Uh, worked in his development, uh, helped in his growth. And, um, and I, I think, again, he was um, probably one of the big constants that were here for Cam. Is it safe to say you'd be looking for to, to stay with a, say, ball control, clock eating, power run type? Absolutely. I, I think that's something that, that, that really, you win football games when you do that. And, and, and I've quoted the stat before. When you outrush your opponent, you rush for over 100 yards, you win 70% of the time. And that's what we want to do. We want to be able to win that consistently and put ourselves in position to get into the playoffs and win in the playoffs. And unfortunately, we didn't do it this year. Um, but that is a big part of what we want to become going forward. You know, we want to be a consistent football team, all three phases. We want to be good on special teams. We want to be good on defense. We want to be good on offense um, and win football games because uh, consistency is, is important. Ron, do you think the kind of uh, uncertainty with the organization as a whole will uh, affect your ability to attract qualified candidates? No. I, I think, um, again, having my contract extended um, – Gives a little bit of security, and, and I'd like to believe that that helps to you know get settle any any question anybody has, um, you know that that this is there is some stability right now, and going forward. Ron, how, how did how did Cam take the news, and did you share with him your your plan? I share with him my plan, um, and, and 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 I'm not going to get into how he reacted. Um, you know, it's personal for him, and you know that's that's uh, I'm not going to put words in his mouth. Do you think the OC and quarterbacks coach will sort of be a package type deal? Potentially, it could be. I, again, I, I think the thing that we have to look at is, is, is again, the, the system is in place and just how much of that, you know, is, is going to be impacted. You know, we, we want to try and make sure it stays very similar to what we do and how we do it, um, and I think that's important as well. Do you think you're – Whatever, whoever it is, it will still run read option. For I think it'll be part of what we do. You know, again, most of the coaches that, that are out there have all been involved with with some form of that, um, and they have quarterbacks that have had that type of ability as well. What stat, Ron, do you particularly want to? You say there's room for growth. Obviously, you want to score more points. Yes. Cam Brisson said 30 interceptions in the last two seasons, which was a boost. Right. It, it, where where do you want this specifically? Well, again, I, I just think there's there is room for improvement. I, th I think it is, you know, when you do throw the ball, you want to make sure you're, you're you're protecting the football, you're not turning it over. You want to make sure you're getting the ball in your playmakers' hands, um, give those guys opportunities. We saw a great glimpse of it when when we got Christian over the middle on a one on one with a linebacker. Um, again, looking at you know some of these guys that we were you know that I've thought about, 
some of the things that they do, they do use the backs. And again, we have a back in Christian that has that kind of ability, and you do want to get the ball in his hands in space. Got time for a couple more. Yes. With the amount of change that's going through your organization right now, both on the football side and the business side, what's the dynamic between yourself and Marty? I'm sorry, say that one time. What's the dynamic between yourself and Marty? Oh, I, I think, again, a big part of it is, 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 you know, whatever part of football we're discussing, whether it's players and scouting or it's players and, and, and coaching and X's and O's, you know, we sit down and talk about it. I mean, um, whether I'm bouncing an idea off of him or he's bouncing one off of me or we're just discussing certain things, um, I think that's what it is right now. It's, it's, it's an opportunity to have somebody that you can use as a sounding board and, you know, get some positive or negative feedback one way or the other. Ron, Steve has a, a very busy week of interviews. How did you kind of leave that with him, and will you communicate with him during the week? Yes, at some point we will. Steve and I have had, you know, a couple of great conversations about everything. And, um, you know, we, we talked as, as late as yesterday before he left. And, um, you know, he's, 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 he's most certainly is a qualified con- candidate. He's got some really good ideas. Um, and again, I, I, I think, you know, I, I said it before, I think he's got a great opportunity to get, get a head coaching job. Ron, you've been very supportive of your coordinators getting opportunities like this. I mean, how important could that be in attracting a potential candidate, knowing that you, there is that kind of. Well, I, I, again, I, I've always said this. I, I do believe you get into coaching to, 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 to get to the peak and pinnacle of your profession. You know, you, you want to be a Super Bowl champion, obviously, but personally you want to make sure, you know, you get in this to, to be the, the, the best coach you can be, whether it's the head coach or the best offensive line coach you can potentially be. So I'm very supportive of trying to help, you know, guys get get opportunities and move up. Right. Let's wrap up, Joe. sounds pretty specific. Do you, have you sort of targeted one candidate? Well, there's a couple that, um, that Marty and I have discussed some things. You know, we've talked about a, a, a few of them, actually. And just trying to see, you know, what they do. It, the best thing is that we have, you know, we have all the technology with us so we can pull games up and look at things and, and just see, you know, how things mesh with what we do. And, and that's probably one of the best tools we have going right now. Coach, do you have a timeline on when you'd like your new coaches in? No, not necessarily. It's, it's you know, the hiring cycle is just starting. And so as, you know, as, as thinking about what we did today, what I did today, was to make sure those guys had an opportunity to get in the hiring cycle as well. So, um, no, as far as the timeline, no. Last one, the last pro, one. Pro experience or is pro and college you're looking at? Um, for the most part, uh, early, early, early in their careers, they had a little college experience, but, but most of these guys have been in the NFL for some time. Great. Thank you. Cool. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks.